Aussie Mark podcast show. The bizarre, a bizarre, an adoption account of Hannah Hansen. She was driving home from a coma to Eagle's Nest, New Mexico, on the fifth of May, nineteen eighty. Marina Hansen and her six-year-old son were about to become embroiled in an event so otherworldly it would take them forever for anti-hypnotic regression sessions, sessions to fully recall the events. So they approached the small town of Sinmaran. Marina noticed several UFOs over a nearby field. Both she and her son looked on in horror. One of the UFOs caught a graze cow grazing in the field and lifted it on board via a tractor beam. The next thing the pair knew, the UFOs were gone. Although the car engine was no longer running, they went back to their vehicle. The regression therapy, however, would reveal the timeline events that evening. One of the UFOs had seemingly turned its attention to Minion's vehicle. Shortly after, both she and her son were taken on board and went across in a similar manner to the cow. The descriptions she would give to her doctors was one that matched that of a grey alien. Each was undressed, subject to various abnormalizations and procedures, all which were carried out in a cold, medical manner. Following this, whether intentional or not, each witnessed the mutilation of the cow captured earlier. Though she did not go into detail, Marina would call one of her captors, informing her it had to be done. Marina would recall the presence of a tall man who had a jadis colour, stating to her that their judgment was a mistake and shouldn't have happened. He was dressed entirely similar to a priest or, or the early pilgrims. The evening, however, was about to become more frightening than she would ever imagine. During this time, the craft had come to land in New Mexico desert. Marina and her son were led to a hidden elevator and transported to base city of operations, somewhere inside the vast mountain ranges of the region. She quickly scanned her surroundings. She noted more great aliens busily working at various stations inside the base. What shocked her, however, was the presence of humans working alongside these alien creatures. It was as she was taking this in, this activity, that her son was separated from her. Any composure she had managed to maintain now left her. Going into a panic of sorts, she ran from her captor, screaming for, for her son's name. As she ran and ran, she eventually turned into a dimly, dimly lit room. All she ran was a large vats, illuminated containers. Sensing she was about to witness something beyond the comprehension, she appeared as one of the vats. Inside was a bubbling liquid that held suspended human body parts, screaming and crying at the same time. Horror overcame her. She would fall to the floor, unable to process a monstrous scene around her. Shortly after this, her captors would find her, her where she lay. She, they would take her into another room at the base and insert several devices into her body. Eventually, these devices would later be confirmed following a cancer. Her son would return a short time later. Each would then make their way to a large, empty room and subjected to intense flashes of light. Marina would offer that offer that this is a procedure that would wipe clean their memories of, of the incident. Following this, a pair would enter a craft similar to one at Brooklyn and take them back to the car on the highway. Details of what 
Marionette Hansen had revealed during her hypnosis sessions would go to nearby U.S. military facility, Kirtland Air Base, false air base. Rather than dismiss or refuse an or knowledge incident entirely, they would confirm that the description matched completely a fortified section of its facilities. They would later further declare that the belief that the witness was describing the Mandanozo weapons storage complex is had nuclear weapons of and was underground facility. An even more out of the left field move from the US military, they put forward as a serious possibility that Hans had not physically been in the room in question, but the terrifying abduction experience had forced her to an altered state. Essentially, she left her body, she would call this the astral plane. She would believe that, Nazi, that the Nazis experimented this in their concentration camps, noting how several severe pain might cause this to happen. Although they might use different methods, the CNI conducted the last basic research in this field. EBE Ole Talking, a report from Mark Anthony Reigns, a.k.a. Ghostman. The case of Heather O., an alien inductee experiencer from Nebraska. Heather believes that her alien abduction started when she was five years old. It's possibly started before then, but she doesn't remember them because she was so young. She remembers waking up feeling the presence of someone in a room. She thought it was more one of her par- parents at first, but they t- turned to look at a person. It wasn't a person at all. There were two aliens standing beside her on the bed. When she first saw them, she was frightened, but then she felt. But then she felt what she describes as a voice in her head, is explaining that they weren't there to hurt her, and that everything was going to be okay. And that it was felt that the aliens are friends, so she was no longer scarred. The aliens looked like people called the Greys. They were about four foot tall, with skinny bodies and big heads. Their arms were long compared to their height. Instead of being five fingers like we did have, they had four long bony fingers. The aliens are slit mouse with only holes in their ears for their with only holes for their ears and nose. They moved, they seemed to float instead of walk. One of the aliens reached its hand and touched her on the arm. The next thing she knew, she was in a metal room. The room looked like it was completely made out of sheet metal. She was sitting in what could be compared to a dentist chair. There are several aliens in the room with her. She could tell that they were talking to each other, but they weren't making any noise. Heather assumes that aliens are telepathic to communicate, to, in the same way, they seem to be using their minds to communicate with her. One of the aliens walked over to the chair where Heather was sitting and put a device in her head. The device reminded her of a headband that athletes sometimes wear, said it was metal. After Amy put the device in her head, she fell asleep. When she woke up, she was back in her room, alone. She started screaming loud as she could. Her parents came running into her room. She told them what happened to her that night. They told her she just had a nightmare. There was no such things as aliens. Heather was only five at the time, but she knew that what she experienced was no nightmare. Heather told us that the next 
alien abduction happened only a few months after the first one. These abductions continued every three, every few months, and they still continue to happen today. Heather has was curious about why the aliens seemed to be so interested in her first. She went to many hypnosis experts, trying to remember more than uh, about her time on the alien eight spaceships. While she has some like remembering more about what was done to her during her visits with aliens, she never got any answers. She found out that the more she learned about these experiences, the more she didn't want to know. Some of the experience that the aliens were doing to her was not pleasant at all. Sometimes they used laser-type instruments to cut to different parts of her body. During her early twenties, Heather decided she had enough of alien abductions. She tried setting traps in a room to keep them out of her, keep them out. She, tw- she tried setting up cameras so they could, she could get proof of alien abductions. At one point, she got a dog hoping that he might scare them away. She even tried moving across the country to keep the aliens from finding her. None of these methods helped at all. No matter what she did, the alien abductions continued to begin to happen. After years of these experiences, Heather decided the best thing to do was accept her place in life. Whatever reason the aliens picked her was their subject. There's nothing she can do to, can do to fight it. She decided she wasn't going to let these experiences define who she is. She met a nice man and started a family. She meet, works a normal job. She might even be a neighbour or co-worker. Only one thing that Heather decided when when she met her husband was not going to tell him about her alien abduction experiences. She thinks that this is no not there's no way anyone would marry her if they knew her knew. She learned long ago that abductors abductions were happen even if someone was sleeping beside her. The other person never happened seemed to be bothered by aliens. The aliens always acted as if the other person wasn't even there. This obviously a huge secret to keep for someone and turns to tell telling him when time is right. You may think that she's doing him wrong, but have a thought what it might be be in her shoes. Uh, many times in our life when we are actually better off not knowing if it happens around us. Heather expects that alien abductions will continue to happen to her for the rest of her life. She accepted a long time ago. She, uh, she, her only option, her only other option would be to be suicide, but she didn't plan on doing that. Alien possess a greater power in hers. And if you know that, she hopes that one day she'll find why the agent chose her and they, what, what they want with her. But for now, she doesn't, does the same thing that we all do. She takes life one day at a time and tries to enjoy it as much as possible. EBE Ole Talking. Answer from ET from ET EBA Ole Moon and Cern. November 2018. Teleperfect contact Ivana Podrezskaya on her alone Podrezskaya, Czech Republic. 3. UFO Dentogentis. Is the moon a spaceship? Into Swan saw aliens on the moon. Into was the world's best remote viewer.
I read his books. This is my question. He uh, goes swan, saw aliens in a factory building, I think. Answer, E-B-E-L-A. Yes, it is on there, and it is so. Underground space beneath the surface. Under the surface of the moon, where hidden laboratories with slaves on the earth, factories and other structures on the moon. On the surface, which also hides laboratories, but some without slaves. It serves to develop technology. It's architectural. It's atypical for humanity. There are robots. On the surface of the moon, human slaves from Earth may would not have full supply needed for life. Therefore, they are human slaves under the surface of the moon. The moon is hollow. It's no core at all. And people can live there under the surface. The hollow moon has need as need life-capable energy that stabilises there. It's also another dimension. It's purely for collaborating with slaves in laboratories. Artificially developed for slaves, artificially supplied for nutrients and slaves, it's hidden in the hollow artificial moon. Four. Super Soldier Penny Stewart. There are many malevolent factions controlling Earth. Will they depart? I've seen much destruction of life contrived of these entities and wars, civil and WWW free, natural and contrived in conjunction. Are timelines converging? Will more and more entities come forth from antimatter black holes? Created through CERN. Answer E B E L A. CERN took care to make sure create life in an artificial program to shift to another part of the universe by using the atom that the universe which owned. Cosmos was an atom, so CERN wanted to change the atoms of the cosmos. That is why more dimensions are connect are connects for humanity. Some dimensions may be may be religious. Everything will be created artificially. That that is what is planned for the very beginning of birth of mankind.